Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We are here to talk about The Invitation, 2015's The Invitation. Not the one that just came out. Yeah, not the most recent one, which I heard is good, but... It's a completely different concept. Not even even remotely related. Yeah. Um, So I'm really excited about this movie. I I love it so much. So good. I don't. I want to say it was not widely known. No, it was. So. It was in. It was independent. Um, it wasn't like a big uh, production. Um, you know, studio. That's the word I was looking for. A big yeah. uh, studio project. Um, yeah. So yeah, it just kind of flew under the radar. But sure, I think that anybody sure. that sees it is going to be really impressed. Yeah, right. And so I'm. I'm really excited about talking about this one because it's. It holds a little. It's. It's very strange and odd and mm-hmm. made me feel really unsettled. And it's hard for a movie to do that. So that's, that's true. Like that's true. About. It's an that's achievement. Why I'm <laughs> But before we get into it, what's new with you, Katie? Oh my goodness. Um, I actually have uh, something pretty dramatic to share with you, Meredith, that hasn't has managed to not come up since um, you know, no, God no. Um, as I sit here and sip my wine. <laughs> I'm like, as a matter of fact, it's I for am. the baby. <laughs> glug, glug, glug. Um, well, so we uh, this was a reschedule um, for for the recording today from last weekend, and this was already news last weekend that I was gonna, you know, share with you then and then we you know delayed a bit. But um, I, you know, we talk uh, a little bit on this about our schools and our classes. You're the and, principal now. <laughs> uh, no, but I do have a different class than I had at the beginning of the year. Oh, okay. Um, TKers? I, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, not TK, not TK. Um, You're like, God, no. <laughs> I don't know if I, how much detail I'd gone into with, like, the changes around in art school. But, you know, I... Um, was teaching fifth grade and the other fifth grade teacher and the two sixth grade teachers were all new this year. The yeah. two sixth grade teachers were new to the school and the other fifth grade teacher moved up from fourth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, one of the sixth grade teachers quit. Oh, gosh. Just quit. Said, bye, I'm done with this. She emailed work the principal on Sunday night and said, Holy crap. I'm not coming in anymore. Oh, can you do that? I mean, they, they didn't go and done. drag her out of her home by her hair and make her come to school. So I guess you can do that. Oh, so, I think you need to renege on a contract. contract. Yeah, I, th- I think that there might have been some ramifications. <laughs> right. Um, we, like you know. she can't be hireable. But I don't well, I mean, maybe, thing. I so, don't know how it is with private school or public school. I don't know if there's a difference. Yeah, I, no I feel like the archdiocese has their policies in place in terms of contract enforcement and everything. But in terms of the, the lasting impact on her, it's like she was 72. Like, her career is done. Like, she had already retired from, like, two other careers. She's like, watch Watch me just walk away. I'm going to try to do something about this. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I was never planning on working again anyway, so I don't care how this looks on my resume. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know I've shared a little bit in the past about the challenging nature of the group of kids I had in fifth grade last year. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, the group that she was dealing with this year. And she was not there for it. 
Oh, right. So now you're back with those sweet baby angels. So their solution, temporary, allegedly, um, is that because the two fifth grade classes were so small, they combined them into one for the time being. The other fifth grade teacher has now 31 fifth graders in her classroom. And I took over the sixth grade class that got ditched. Right. Yeah, I want to say the two fifth grades in my school where I work, they each have like 30 something kids. Yeah, this this is crazy. It's crazy. It's it's hard to like, you know, pay enough attention or feel like you're serving each of these children. Exactly. Thirty something. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, and that's why this class um, that is in fifth grade this year has always had this reputation of being like this just absolutely incredible, beautiful, wonderful, practically perfect in every way class. Partly because they're coming on the heels of this nightmare class that's ahead of them. Um, yeah. But also, I really now that, you know, because I did spend about six weeks teaching them before this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're just a perfect example of the benefit to students when they have a lower teacher to student ratio. Yeah. You know, they're not inherently better or smarter children, but they've had more attention from their instructors for so long. That Which is huge. It's, yeah. It's developed them into you know, uh, m- more mature, advanced students just in a lot of yeah. ways. Well, I mean, if you th- think about pupils who get like tutoring and other things, yeah. it's like it's, it's obvious. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's obvious when you're getting that one in one or even small groups, a lot of small groups. Yeah. You, it just opens up so many opportunities for that. So, yeah. yeah. So this week um, it was only a four day week because so Monday was um, and so it was my first week um, with this sixth grade class, and the majority of them were not mine last year. There's only four students in this class that were in my homeroom last year. Yeah. I did teach all of these kids for ELA and social studies last year, but I didn't have them in my homeroom. And it is, I mean, they, I did cry on the first day. Um, I, I feel like I rallied and got through the week fairly okay Mm -hmm. um but you know before it it began I was like super gung-ho of like you know these poor kids they totally got the shaft from this teacher I can't believe she did this to them now they've got to go through this other transition blah 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 I'll keep them forever drafting your email oh my god (laughs) at the end of the day Tuesday I was like will you tell me where this 72 year old woman is so I can go bunker down with her (laughs) yeah right Um, Like, tell me where you are. I'll bring some treats. Yeah. So at the time I was like, before I was telling myself, like, you know what? Maybe I'll just stick with them for the rest of the year so that even if and when they're able to find a replacement, these kids don't have to transition to a third teacher in the course of one year. But now now I'm like, get the hell out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I want my little ones back. Give me my baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's rough. So it's I don't wild. know. It sucks when you, yeah, you're like just you're like a little, I don't know, marker. What's it called? Placeholder. Placeholder. Yeah. Placeholder. Yeah. And then you feel bad, but then also, you know, there's also your mental health too, and yeah. like what you're capable of, and and all that. So. Yeah. So we'll see big, because like that's tricky. It's yeah. not you know obviously not easy to hire a teacher in the middle of a school year because no. teachers already have jobs <laughs> yeah it's in the, well it's not in the middle of the school year but you know there's not a bunch of teachers still floating around in october looking for a position i mean i was because my credential <laughs> program ended in it's like it was quarters so oh, some yeah. are finishing up 
soon. Yeah. And then they can get their preliminary. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that you yeah. find somebody. Because I was like, well, how am I going to find a job? I was like, it was a bit end of October. I mm-hmm. remember getting all my test results and things so I could get awarded my preliminary. Mm-hmm. And it was around, it was Halloween, about Halloween time. Yeah. So hopefully it'll, yeah, hopefully not take something too long. will come in. Yeah, hopefully something will come up. And that's in California. So, and, you know, yeah. Hopefully they'll be, when they look at Edgeway, they'll pop right up and they'll be like, well, I'm fresh and new and I have lots of energy. Yeah. Let me try this place out. Oh my God. And then they're running screaming from the school building within 72 hours. Hey, you know what? If they can hang after that, then mm-hmm. they're good. You know, everything else is like roses after. That's true. Know, we're a rough year. It is pretty funny though, because one of the um, <laughs> girls that's in this sixth grade class that I have now she was not in my homeroom last year but um she's always been one of my favorites i just love her she's very um snarky and wise beyond her years and funny and bright and um, we have a lot of fun and she now knows that i have a horror movie podcast and is determined to find out the name so that she can I'll listen. Never know. And no, and I told her I was like, I'm not going to tell you. And she goes, Why not? Why not? I mean, so let's get, she's a sixth grader. I was like, Because yeah. I say bad words. Yeah. And she's like, I don't care. I'm like, Yeah, that's not all because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I talk trash about your class a lot last year. Well, you are like, they're a little rotten, horrible. You know, you're just like, there are a lot. It's 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 a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. Like it's not like the yeah. worst thing you could say. But now she's know? trying to like <laughs> bribe my daughter to tell her the name of my. I'm like, she's not going to tell you. Yeah. Like, she, no. Aww. But then yeah. I told her, I was like, I'll tell you when you graduate eighth grade and we're not at the same school anymore. Then That's I'll tell fine. you. fine. <laughs> I think that works. Yeah. That's fine. So uh, if it is what, 2025 in the yeah. summer, hi, Nesma. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, good luck with that. Hopefully it'll be Oof. Okay. a short stint, like a month or. Yeah. Fingers Maybe crossed. We'll What's new with you? Oh, uh, I got super sick last weekend. We had to cancel my our recording not like i didn't feel horrible i just mind like my all my sinus like everything that has to do with breathing for a person <laughs> got messed up you're like i was walking around with my cpap machine like, on <laughs> so i i just had like i went through like three blocks boxes of tissues victor kept bringing me soup and i, I kept was like, telling him i didn't want it throwing it in his face he like, just kept bringing it <laughs> I know. And then, so I was like, I don't think I can, I don't think I can record. Because I sounded bad. I said, really, it sounded very bad. Uh, and so then I just watched, as one does, when you're feeling not horrible, but like you shouldn't be around people blowing boogers on them. Mm. I watched a lot of shows. So I started, I'm like, okay, so four or five episodes into Dahmer, that show. I tried that. I tried watching it at first and I watched an episode and I was like, ugh. Yeah, that's how it's I felt too. I didn't to even me. make it all the way through the first episode. And then I watched several episodes of Midnight Club, the new Ma- Mike Flanagan. Okay, show, haven't seen that one yet. Which is completely deviates from his usual kind of show formula or like his like scares and stuff because it's based on a YA book series from uh-huh. like the nineties, and oh, so okay. I, I I love that. It had yeah. a very goosebumps it pulls, feel it pulls to it. your heartstrings. Yeah, so I I really I loved it. And, People are kind of slamming it because it's not his usual thing, but I like it. I thought it was fun. and um, He's demonstrating range. Get right. off his back. So I watched a few, several episodes of that, and then I went back to Dahmer, and then I was like, oh, more Midnight Club, and I was like, I wonder what's happening in 
the other show. In so I kept going back and forth. But I haven't finished it or anything, but I've had like probably six people or ask me if I've watched it because of my true crime knowledge and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. sometimes I have a hard time watching stuff like that. Yeah. Or, and I know so much about it. It's just yeah. hard to watch it. And I love Evan Peters. Yeah, I same. That's him. the only reason I tried it. Because uh, yeah. I've seen, I watched the Jeremy Renner Dahmer back in the day. I watched yeah, my friend Dahmer. Yep. Thought that that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dahmer is not interesting enough to me to just keep watching more and more and more And it's just products gruesome on and him. horrible. It's gruesome and horrible, but I don't think that that's, I just don't find it that interesting. Like Bundy is interesting enough to me that I will go back for more different takes or different projects based on him. But Dahmer, I'm kind of, he's, I don't, I I find him very one note, frankly. (laughs) He's one of the only serial killers that, not to negate the experience of the victim, but I also feel kind of bad for them. Yeah. Like, I feel bad for Dahmer. He just was very mentally ill and had, like, all these problems. And I feel bad for, like, the vampire of Sacramento. I'm like, oh, he was just messed oh, up. Oh, yeah, that and, poor and his guy. Par- and his family tried to get help from him and failed. Yeah. And But then there's people like Ted Bundy and people, like, idolize him. I'm like, he's a piece of crap. He's yeah. horrible. And he cut these lives of these girls short. And they would have done eons more than this idiot could have done. So that's, I don't revere serial killer I'm going off on a tangent but I I, I (laughs) isn't that what we do here well I think it's like there's a thing where there is a reverie for these people who are scumbag Mm -hmm. jackasses so it depends on what what you're interested what you're there for because if if you're there for just hating a piece of shit Bundy is good if you're there for feeling sympathy for somebody whose you know organic disorders and life experiences turned them into a monster then you go dumber yeah I guess so yeah um you know is it a Tuesday or a Wednesday it depends right yeah yeah and anyway I I I uh I kind of went off a tangent, but I, I haven't finished it. Maybe I will. We'll see. But yeah. anyway, so that's what's new with me. I just watched a bunch of TV. I was sick. Then I went back to work. I felt fine to go back to work. And, you know, uh, TK's a challenge. It's fun. It's a challenge. Yeah. Speaking of boogers. Yeah. Like so many <laughs> boogers. I mean, someone asked me, am I going to stay in TK? If I were going to, I'd have to go back to school to do it. Oh, really? You need like early childhood or? Yes. Okay. And I'm like. I don't know if I want to do that. You know, I already have my credential for, and I've worked so hard and I got a second master's degree during a pandemic. You You feel like you, yeah, (laughs) you should at least get like five years before you have to go back and do more education. Right. And I I just feel tired. I want to like, just not coast. That's not an option when you're teaching. But right. I want to not have to go to school. Yeah, well, and that was, that's one of the kind of disappointing things about <laughs> yeah. being in this situation. I mean, now is I was so excited for this, like, to have already gone through a year of all of the curriculums for fifth grade at this school, like the religion and the, you know, the literature and having utilized all of those materials last year. And so everything was like ready to go this year. And they're like, ha, 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 it's sixth grade. No. Here's a new religion book. <laughs> it's like, you bastards. And you're like, what? Oh, my gosh. Well... I mean, we'll see. There's Sorry, some... there's like howling, uh, glisteners. There's howling. There's, there's howling. Sirens. There's all sorts of crazy. Heavens. Mike, we're missing something dramatic outside. Yeah. And, uh, but we're not going to be missing the dramatic stuff happening outside later tonight because. Oh, we're having a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Second out. annual. Second annual. We're going to do it every year. 
Yeah. Um, and we recorded showing. before the last one, too. Yes, we did. So I'm excited. It's it's so much fun. I love that musical. And it's, it's it makes no sense. Yeah. I, and I love it. <laughs> I'm coughing. And I love it. Um, <laughs> she loves it so much. She I love coughs. It so much. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So Katie's doing the synopsis tonight. Or it's not tonight. Today. You can, you can say tonight. Okay. I can do what I want. <laughs> yes. I am I am on yeah. synopsis duty um, for this episode for the invitation from 2015. Um, so as we go into the holiday season, which we all know is the time of dinner parties, um, you Food? know we, we try to have a little fun thematically. Yes. Um, around the holidays, last year for Thanksgiving we did your next the which charming family <laughs> dinner gathering um, event. Uh, the invitation is uh, not a family gathering, but it is based around the idea of a dinner party, maybe a friendsgiving, yeah. if yes. you will, <laughs> yes. as opposed to a family. Which, uh, randomly, I just thought of it. I also watched X, the movie X. Oh, by yes. Ty West. Great. So Grace wants to watch that because Pearl was the first one, right? Mm-hmm. And then she wants to watch those. Are well, they those okay for her? Pearl has. I haven't seen Pearl because oh. it's only in the theater. It hasn't. Oh, the Pearl yeah. is the sequel, not it's the first one. A, it's a prequel. It's a prequel, so, but like, it came out after. You ra- yeah, you watch X, and then you see, like, who this person was before okay, okay. they came into the... Um, they're a character in the movie X. So do you think X um, would be okay for Grace, or is it... There's a lot of Questionable. Porn. A lot of porn? Well, because they're feeling a porn. Uh, oh! On the, uh, well, that explains the X. <laughs> yeah, X. All right, then. Never mind. Well, because it's like a, they get a... It's like in the 1979, and they go... It's in Texas, rural Texas, and they get... They go and get, like, rent a house. So it's Texas Chainsaw um, Meets Boogie Nights. Yes. All righty. Yeah. And um, yeah, I would say no. Okay. Because there's a lot of good call. Fucking. That that kind of sounds like I wouldn't actually be that interested in it either, let alone. I liked it. I thought it was good. Mm -hmm. It's Ty West and I love Ty West. And I forgot, like I randomly thought of that because you said you're next. And I didn't realize Ty West is in the movie You're Next. As the guy who's like the boyfriend who had that like the big star. Oh, the one like, that was a filmmaker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was. That's him. And I was like, oh, I That's had no funny. idea. He He's a filmmaker just... that was playing a filmmaker. Oh, there you go. So, um, I also watched X as well, and I liked it. I mean, I'm gonna watch Pearl when it comes out for yeah. sure, on like so I can watch it at home. But uh, I want to hear your invitation. Sorry, I put it in. <laughs> I'm like, may I? May yeah, I? Sorry. Get back to it. yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, I just pulled a piece of leather off of the chair that I'm sitting in. Pleather. Pleather. Yeah, the the leathery surface of this chair material. Uh, apologies. Um, so yeah, as I said, the invitation is a dinner party setting, um, and it's got some recognizable folks in it here and there. Mm-hmm. It's not um, a like super big Hollywood cast, just because we, t- you know, we talked about it being independent, but the main character, Will, is played by Logan Marshall Green, who's kind of a familiar face. I loved him in Prometheus. Oh, I love Prometheus. Um, he's a cutie. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the character of David is played by uh, Michael. I don't know if it's Huisman or Husman or whatever, but mm-hmm. he was in Haunting of Hill House. He, in Game he, of Thrones uh, also? Oh, that's right. He was a dare, Dario Naharis for yes, a minute. Dario Naharis. Um, and then he was also in The Flight Attendant. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. So he's another recognizable face. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, um, he's only in it a little bit, but the character of Ty, the son, um, plays Hunter Ray in Paranormal Activity. Oh. I was like, why do I know this little boy's face? This this adorable, sweet, little freckled face. I was like, oh, he's he's Hunter. Oh, Hunter. Um, Okay. So the movie. Oh, and and John Carroll Lynch. 
who I love. Well, that was going to be my big reveal. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, you know, you're right. I'm so sorry. John, John Carroll Lynch um, is uh, kind of a highlight of it. I freaking, I love him. Anytime though. he shows up, you're like, yes. Yeah. Yes. You like, you know, it's going to be good. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's be just, movie or show. could not be more reliable oh for what, what he brings. He's amazing. Yeah. So the um, film opens with a couple, Will and Kira, uh, they're driving to this dinner party that's going to be hosted by Will's ex-wife and her new boyfriend, who is actually a man that she met while she and Will were still married and attending a grief support group after the death of their son. Mm -hmm. So their son dies. They're going to a support group and she picks up another guy. As one does. Like a real piece of shit. <laughs> um, but you know, everyone grieves in their own way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I liked the opening, um, the way that they did it. The credits are placed over kind of like uh, choppy images of the L.A. hills, and it's set to some very tense music. And so it really puts you very immediately in this kind of like a mental, emotional state, just the way that they um, that they did these opening credits. Um, and then at the end of that uh, stretch, uh, Will and Kira arrive at the house for the party, which is a large, impressive property that was their family home. Um, and Will uh, is immediately, obviously, uh, reminded um, of his lost son because, you know, it's back to the home that they lived in when they were a family. So when they arrive, there's, you know, already a bunch of other guests there. And I think, it, you know, there's there's a bunch of names, but it is kind of helpful to kind of like get them on record for what happens later. But there's Claire, Gina, Ben, Tommy and Miguel. And um, all of these friends are thrilled to see the couple arrive. Um, you know, they have off clearly all known each other for a really long time or really close. Um, they saw Will go through the trauma of losing his son, that he obviously stopped socializing for some time. They're just really happy that he's out. Um, and then uh, his ex, Eden, uh, appears on the scene, comes into the room. And they're, the meeting between Eden and Will is warm but awkward, as you imagine it would be. Um, and then it gets more awkward when David joins them. It's like, you know, hey, hey, bro, like new. Well, he hugs me. He's like, well, you're so glad you're here with us. And, and he's like, yeah, th sure. Thanks. thanks. This is great. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> thanks happy. Thanks for welcoming happy me to, to my own too. home that I used to have, but it's not anymore. You said these exactly shit. Before okay, anyway. you, you prayed on my my grieving wife while I was also grieving and unable to whatever okay yeah <laughs> whatever. Not, not feeling good about that um but next the party is joined by a new guest sadie who is this girl it's a little bit off she's new to the rest of the group um except for eden and dave am i saying yeah david um and she's but her connection to eden and david is kind of vague like we're not sure how they know each other um, the only one missing from the dinner party, the only guest that they're still waiting on, is Choi, who is Gina's boyfriend. And he is this notorious uh, late guy. He's late to everything. And so they're like, oh, Choi, he's late again. Um, so Will, you know, pretty much immediately is having these trauma flashbacks um, of the events that, you know, as, as their family was kind of breaking down after the death of the son, Eden self-harming. Um, but then present day Eden, uh, you know, kind of is there. They're trying to converse and reconnect a little bit. And she's making these cryptic comments about her time in Mexico and how she's freed from her pain. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, that's nice. She got a good massage in Mexico. Right. She's like, I'm just going to, like, forget this and negate everything that a person feels. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as you know, the everybody's just kind of hanging out and visiting before, you know, the actual dinner part of the dinner party. Will has various individual conversations with the other guests and all these conversations kind of flesh out Eden and Will's backstory, as well as Eden's kind of odd new attitude. Uh, the next guest to arrive is Pruitt who is John Carroll Lynch. Mm. And you're like, oh, shit's about to get real. And I'm like, ah, it's a Zodiac. (laughs) And Sadie already knows Pruitt. So we're like, okay. She is ecstatic to see him. Um, But Will takes note that David deadbolts the front door with a key Mm -hmm. after Pruitt's arrival. And Will calls him out on it, being kind of like, you know, what if there's a fire? David's like, fine, okay, I'll unlock it. Um, and then, you know, Will strolls around the yard. He's suffering from more of these memories, both traumatic and then, you know, just kind of bittersweet of their family before their their son died. Um, and in his stroll, he observes through a window that Eden's concealing something in a drawer um, and that he later investigates and finds out to be pills. Mm-hmm. Um, so soon, you know, again, they haven't even sat down to dinner yet, but they are gathered in the living room and it's revealed that Eden and David, along with Sadie and Pruitt, are in a cult called The Invitation. Um, but when they reveal that, the all the other guests respond to it as like this harmless, fascinating anecdote. And I put, as LA folks do, thank you, Nexium. <laughs> right. They're like, oh, my boss is there. Oh, we do this. Yeah, I know. They were like, oh my God, I've heard of that. Isn't that like this and this and this? Like not at all alarmed or yeah. troubled, but just like, oh my God, that's wild. What is it like? It's um, like a doTERRA. You know, you know, it's it's like, what was I thinking of? Not Lululemon, but what's the other leggings that they had all the women on? LuLaRoe. I'm like, it's just like when you show up at the dinner party and they're selling LuLaRoe. Oh my gosh. I had so many people like, come to my doTERRA party, come to my LuLaRoe party. I'm like, I, no, I'm very busy. Yeah. Thank you very (laughs) much. I like my Target leggings. I know. So seemingly innocuous conversation continues um, and they kind of joke about the locking of the door. Um, And then the party views an initiation video for the invitation cult. And in it, they witness the death of a cult member who is striving to rejoin her lost loved one. And the group becomes less playful about the topic. They're like, why the fuck would you show this to us? Well, that's, yeah. So uh, the quote that I put down that Will says, I just don't understand why you would show something like that at a dinner party, David. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I wrote, ew, David. Ew, David. (laughs) Um, And then tensions continue to rise. Um, when Will kind of reacts out of his pain as Eden keeps professing that she's free from pain, I'm free from pain. And he's like, fuck you, our son died. Yeah. You know, so obviously he's responding to what she's putting out there by getting more and more upset and more mm-hmm. angry. Yeah. Yeah. Understandably. Right. And that <laughs> it's hard though, because you're like, you're like, well, what would I do in that circumstance? Like, yes. would I just be like disassociate and pretend it's not happening mm-hmm. to just to function yeah would i pill myself up or you know or yeah either, there's a, there's a no whole idea, slew right? of options available to a no person idea. yeah uh, when they're managing their grief so it's hard to judge yeah so this is just one journey um, <laughs> so the evening continues as more of his old friends check in with will one of them identifies eden's pills for him as barbiturates um, away from Eden and David, they all agree that the cult is nuts. They make Manson references, but they brush it off and they literally say, hey, it's L.A. 
Um, and so next, David suggests that they all play a game from the cult that he calls I Want, um, asking them all to honestly admit their desires. Uh, so Gina half-jokingly asks for Coke, and David's like, okay, gives her some Coke. Um, then Pruitt pipes up and joins in and just like waxes poetic about his wife for a while before finishing with how she died, which was him killing her accidentally during an argument. And I put, oh, no, the party sucks again. <laughs> Everyone's like, wow, read the room. Okay, right? They're no like, thanks for bringing this. your new friend, Eden. I know. John Carroll Lynch. God, you, you amazing <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> you glorious you gl- monster. <laughs> you glorious monster. Um, so at this uh. point, Claire, sweet Claire, does the exact right thing. She is honest and clear that this is all making her uncomfortable and she mm-hmm. is going to leave. Well, because some of them are like, I just want to like kiss I want to blow job from so and so. I want to, you know, make out with so and so. And some one of them like kisses the other one yeah. on the lips, and she's like, "I'm gonna go." Yeah. Like, but I feel like she's the perfect. Like, she is Karen and Georgia's like perfect example of like fuck no, politeness. Get the fuck out of there. Yes. Are they doing stuff that's making you? Unco- I don't care that you're, they're your friends. You're in a grown ass woman. You're uncomfortable. Yeah. You get to say that and leave. That's what right. you get to do. Yes. So and she this does. Is after seeing like the suicide video, this is yes. after. Like this freaking weird story about this guy who murdered his, his wife, wife. And then, you know, and, and then, then he because he went to prison for it and yes. he just got out and everything. And she's like, oh, OK, right. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah. Um. So David kind of coaxes and cajoles. But Will stands up for Claire leaving. He's yeah. like, no, if she wants to go, she should go. Yeah. Like, David's like you need to shut up. E- e- David's like, Eden worked so hard yeah. on oh God, this dinner, this like this thing. And, you know, she. It'd be great if you stay. Yeah. It'd be great if you stay. And like Will just like stands up and he's like, no, she's don't, allowed to leave. Don't push her. Like she can go if she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so she does. But then Pruitt is like, oh, wait, I parked behind you. Mm-hmm. And so they exit together. And Will is like, you know, super suspicious. And so he's being hyper vigilant and he's watching from the window to ensure that Claire actually does leave safely. Um, but David like goes and starts talking to him and draws him away before we know for sure yeah, um, whether yeah. or not Claire gets away safely. Right. Yeah. Um, and so David calls Will out for his behavior um, and Will admits that he wasn't prepared to be at the party. He was like, maybe I wasn't ready for this. Maybe this is, you know, not something I should have, you know, agreed to do. But at the party he is. And we're finally at the dinner portion of the evening. Mm, it so, looks really good. It does. I I say, around good. a table lush with sumptuous dishes. They drink away and make conversation. Uh, Will is still beset with memories that are alienating him from the gathering. And when he tries to tell his friend Tommy that something's off with the party, Tommy dismisses his concerns, attributing it to Will's past with Eden, which is like, well, yeah, that's what you would think. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're mm. uncomfortable. This isn't the best party you've ever been to. Obviously, yeah. for obvious reasons. Like you're like you're with some. I mean, he has his new girlfriend. They seem happy. I don't know much about them, but it's like yeah, they do. They seem like you know, they, you know, they got a nice, good thing going. Yeah, but also like I can't even imagine that intense grief of going back to the scene of where you yeah were living your life and then everything just yeah. like shattered. And that the house is where their son died as well. He mm-hmm. died in that backyard, so it's yeah. not just going back to the home that you shared with this family you don't have anymore, but to the site of your child's death. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't know. Just yeah. saying bye to your all all that you thought would happen in your life. Mm-hmm. You you had your life planned out and you were like sharing your life with somebody and yeah. then it's all destroyed and I don't know. Yeah. Like, just grief. Yeah. You, you just feel the grief. You feel for him for sure. Yeah. yeah. But then it, you also understand why his friend is like, 
bro, like it's it, everything's fine. You're just, you know, this is hard for you. Like we get it. Yeah. But he's dismissing these what turn, you know, seem to be really legitimate concerns about right. what's going on at the party. Yes. And as a viewer, you're not sure. Yeah. You're like, a, is it this? Is it yeah. that? You know, you're you're yeah. uh, reserving judgment. Sure. Yeah. But you, yeah. we are suspicious as well. Yes. Like Will. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, we wouldn't be watching a movie. <laughs> right. That's like. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so um, moments later, Will finally gets cell service um, and finds that he has a voicemail from Choi, Gina's missing tardy boyfriend. And it's been like hours. Yeah. Hours and hours. Um, so, you know, Choi never arrived. But this voice in this voicemail, Choi says he'd arrived at the party early and was going inside. Yeah. So I go... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, he's like, I'm at the front steps. I can't yeah, believe I'm, I'm going here to, before yeah, you. I've never been early to anything in my life. Can I'm here you? before you, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then Will kind of almost like triumphantly like marches back into the group um, to the dinner table and relates the message like, where the fuck is Joy? Like, I caught you. Know? you. Yeah. Like, he was here. Where is he? Yeah. Um, and Eden and David deny ever seeing him. Will continues to press things. He's lashing out at Pruitt and Sadie and the cult and Eden for trying to forget their son um but in the middle of the scene the doorbell rings and it's Choi with yeah. like a totally rational excuse for you know that m- makes sense with the message that he left but also being late um yeah he was but, like I was almost coming in but then I I mean I had to it was go something for work like he got work. some call for work and it he had to emergency. rush off to an emergency yeah, yeah. and I'm like ah yeah but, like, the sweet thing is, is that, so, like, Will is like, oh, my God. Like, he, you know, all of a sudden, he's feeling like he was overreacting. Super he's, sheepish. Yeah. Very, but really everyone sheepish. is, like, super compassionate to him. Um, they rec- they're like, you know, that he was acting out of his trauma, that his grief is overtaking him. Like, they all know what he's been through. And so they're very understand. Like, it's not like they're mad at him. You yeah. know, they're like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, we know this is hard. We, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're just a really great group of friends um, to him in that moment moment um so uh (laughs) i put um the the quote that i put down is that he um what will says is i've been waiting to die since the moment it happened yeah and i put that down because like you know we both have kids anybody that has kids like you know that's probably universally agreed upon to be the worst thing that a human could have to go through is to lose a child like you know parents are supposed to die first and all that Um, right yeah but especially you know to lose a young child Mm -hmm. um and the idea that like yeah you know maybe lots of people maybe everybody who goes through that experience is like you just want your life to be over too like you Mm -hmm. don't want to have to continue living with that loss yeah 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 um and so that's why i i thought that quote was like very apt for um for what you know his character is supposed to be experiencing right i mean and when we both as parents especially mothers think of like the worst thing that could ever happen to a person that's Mm -hmm. what we immediately that's where my mind goes yeah something happening to my children yeah and like what would i even do oh i would probably die yeah like you, know, you just wouldn't want to go on yeah and because it's like that's your your limb like yeah. a limb living outside of you or your yeah. heart and you're just like you oh, can't go man, back to a world where they're not part of it sure yeah and yeah. so you like your heart my heart really went out to like evie with her stupid ideas oh you're, like, yeah oh, you're like eden, okay excuse yeah. me eden and you're like well, yeah, you're going to okay. do some dumb shit to get sure. through that. Yeah. You as know? A, especially as a mom. I'm, I'm like, yes. oh, I felt I felt for her for sure. And, yeah. Like if somebody um, came to you and and was able to convince you of anything that took that pain away. I'd be like, okay. sure. 
give yeah. me that give me that give me that whatever. sweet sweet nectar whatever it is <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah um so now will maybe um kind of uh masochistically visits ty's room um yeah, and he's yeah. in so he's in his little boy's uh former bedroom that is like still exactly as it was when ty was alive um but through the window into the backyard he sees david out in the backyard and david lights this red lamp like a lantern and hangs it from a tree on the hillside because like the backyard of this house like it is the hillside in, in the la hills so it's like well that's interesting um, so Will starts snooping around the house a little bit. He finds a laptop, um, and on the laptop is an additional video from the cult leader that they had already seen in the video earlier. And the cult leader is delivering the mess this message that alludes to um, quote I put tonight the night our faith is made real. And you're mm-hmm. like, Ooh. ooh, and the actor playing the cult leader, which I love. Yeah, I didn't look up what else he was in. Halloween. Oh, is he the dad? Yes. Oh, he's a, he got peanut butter on his penis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I my God. I love the actor. He's in so much. Yeah. He's in, like, uh, what, Halt and Catch Fire. Um, he's in Carnival. He's just in tons and tons yeah. of stuff. And he's the guy where you, like, recognize him. Mm-hmm. He's a John Carroll Lynch in some yes. ways. Where you're like, I recognize him. Like, he's him. recognizable, he's but so he's also a chameleon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I reckon, I was like, oh, my gosh. Hey, he's in this movie. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, the uh, Will is watching this video on the laptop. Um, and he's like, wait a minute. Uh, but suddenly he's summoned back to the dinner table by Pruitt. Um, and they're passing around new glasses of wine. Uh, now, the trivia that I looked up on um, IMDb about this movie, it did mention that in every other scene... As you take a sip of wine. <laughs> as you take a sip of wine. That in every other scene in this movie, because obviously they've been, you know, enjoying some wine ever since they arrived the whole this whole yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and every scene, you see the wine being poured directly from the bottle. And in yeah. this scene, you see it being poured from a decanter. Yes. Yeah. So that was like a little like, oh, if you noticed that, that maybe that means something. Right. Um, yeah. So they're passing around these glasses of wine. Um, but just as they all like toast and begin to drink, um, Will lashes out. He starts smashing all of their glasses and yelling at them not to drink. The only person that he doesn't, he's not able to stop is Gina. So Gina takes a sip, but he uh, stops everybody else. Um, he demands of Kira, his girlfriend, that they leave right now. Um, but then Sadie loses her shit and starts shrieking that he quote ruined everything and just straight Mm -hmm. up attacks him Mm -hmm. so he defends himself and she's thrown into the corner of this buffet and she collapses with a head wound Um, and in all this commotion about Sadie's injury Kira also notices that Gina is not breathing that her head is laying on the table her eyes are wide open and there's foam dripping from her mouth so obviously tensions rise at this point that was a big like moment where she was on the ground um, Sadie and then mm-hmm. and someone says she's not breathing and someone says and he and, and he goes like, no, no 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 she's breathing is. and like no not not her. her Gina and then you're like holy crap what? yeah because you forget crazy. like you don't really and this is one of those things where you go back so and re watch a movie like yeah. this and you're able to pick up those little things mm-hmm. because the first time you watch it you probably wouldn't have registered that Gina was the only one that took a sip yes. from her yeah. glass. Um, so. But going back and looking at it, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. she's the only one that drank anything. And so then, I love that it, scene. yeah, it's it's, it's, it's really well written. And, and the um, the way that it's cut too, like all the shots and everything, mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. really thrilling and suspenseful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they can't get cell reception on anybody's phones to call 911. And then they find the doors to outside are locked. 
Um, And so Miguel is administering chest compressions to Gina, but suddenly he is shot in the back by David, who just shows up out of nowhere with a gun. So then there's Mm -hmm. a like kind of muted slow motion scene where Pruitt is taking the gun from David and we're like, oh, yes, Pruitt's the hero. Um, And he's seemingly like pacifying David and everything. But then immediately, as soon as Pruitt gets the gun, he turns and shoots Choi. Mm-hmm. So now with no illusions about what's happening, what's actually going on, the rest of them just start like panicking and fleeing and fighting back. Um, but all doors are locked. They can't get out. Um, blood soaked Sadie has, you know, regained consciousness and is just like like a maniac, just, you know, running around like a banshee. Um, Will and Kira kind of flee together and they get barricaded in a room um, and through a window from that room into the backyard they see David and Pruitt kill Ben outside first by stabbing him and then by shooting him yeah, and but yeah. they're like just hiding like they can't do anything and so they That's just the stay guy hidden who, who left his wife at home yes and then, yeah okay. yeah I forgot it would so um so then Will and Kira are trying to sneak out um, and they overhear a conversation between Eden, who is like now kind of balking at this huge mess that resulted from their plan and just like like maybe thinking that this was a mistake and it wasn't supposed to be like this. Um, and David, who is convinced and trying to convince her that they can still pull off their mission from the cult leader and free themselves from all pain. So you're like, oh, fuck, that's what this was about. Like they gathered mm-hmm. these people. Um, and it was some sort of like um, blood payment mm-hmm. for their own to free themselves from their own pain by, you know, destroying all of these other lives. Um, so Will and Kira are continuing to try to escape the house. They're being stalked by the always creepy John Carroll Lynch. But then Kira like ends him. She like beats the shit out of him. With and a white oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, get it, girl. Yeah. Like Will's just kind of standing there like, oh, okay. Oh, you got this, right? You got right. You're fine. Babe, I'm here if you need me. Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and next they come upon Eden who, you know, she's got the gun now. She shoots Will in the shoulder, but like clearly cannot handle any of this um and and shoots herself in her stomach which is like you know that's i mean to to shoot yourself in the stomach like that's Mm -hmm. you know it's going to take a long time for you to die bleeding out like the pain you know that's that's brutal it's not like shooting yourself in the head she's wearing like a white 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 flowing very beautiful princess leia (laughs) yeah and and she's wearing it all night and i'm like oh that's so lovely and Mm -hmm. and and must be reason why she's wearing this white um, outfit because it must mean something. Yeah, it was yeah. probably supposed to be symbolic of their the transformation they were going to experience yeah. that night had the yeah. plan gone. And then um, it becomes soaked in blood yeah. all down. Like the whole front is like a deep burgundy red with blood. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was that was very because it was kind of like you know like you were talking about the sympathy that you feel with her even though she's like behaving like a lunatic this whole time and yeah. buying into all of this crazy shit but it's like she's trying to cope with an unimaginable grief and yeah. so at this point like you can see that it's kind of snapped her out of it to where now she's feeling the pain of the loss of her son plus the realization and pain of what they've done and what's happening and mm-hmm. just she's like you know what that's it I'm out yeah yeah you're like yeah no I see that I get it Right. That's crazy. Um, And then last um, to appear, David, you know, he comes out of nowhere. 
Um, and then who also comes out? Tommy shows up. Like it's you know it's one of those scenes where there's enough people in this house and there's chaos and there's people running all over the place and so you kind of lose track of where everyone is mm-hmm. and so it's a perfect opportunity to be like oh my god you totally forgot about Tommy but yeah. he like bursts into the scene and uh, takes out David with this big ass knife and you're like right. yeah Tommy well, like he I mean David shot his lover or his husband or whatever yeah. so he's like you know what I'm gonna just kill you that's right yeah <laughs> I forgot Tommy I and Miguel were a couple and David had killed Miguel so I yeah. I yeah I mean, also, it's probably self-defense, too, but it yeah. probably felt good. Yeah, very satisfying, I'm sure. For him. This is for Miguel! Yeah. Um, so Will goes to the dying Eden, because, you know, she's going to take a long time to die with that gut wound. Um, and she admits how deeply she misses their son, and she apologizes to him. Um, Will fulfills her wish to be taken outside, and he lays her in the yard on the spot where their son died, and she dies there too. And so the survivors who are just Will, Kira, and Tommy are relieved, like, oh my god, it's over, until they cast their eyes across the distant hills that are filled with the sounds of sirens and red lanterns lit and everywhere. And screaming. And scream. There's like random like calls for help and screams. Yeah. But it's like the key is that they're like, oh God, it's over. And then they look and they just see those red lights. Yeah. It's just crazy. all across the hills in the distance. Like mm-hmm. just like the lantern that David had hung mm-hmm. in, in the yard that they're in. And so it's like, oh shit. Like you realize that whole, this is the night. It was a coordinated event throughout mm-hmm. a cult that was like clearly very widespread. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the end. That's the end. Yeah. Did you think it was scary? Um, I want to say not scary, but suspenseful. And it's one of the only movies where I felt like I'm not really, really judging characters because uh-huh. of that. Like what I mentioned before, like this grief that they've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times when I watch movies, I'm like, you dummy. Like, what do you, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, but then this, it's like so earth shattering. Like, I don't feel like I have room to judge <laughs> you know yeah. anyone's actions if when they are going through that kind of grief mm-hmm. so for me i felt very bad for the main character and then eden as well and um and then also you see the main character you're like is he a reliable protagonist is he someone that you should be like oh this is very strange you know um and he's feeling like all like judgmental and weird and be mm-hmm. like this is this is wrong this is wrong and then you're like is it wrong is it really or am i just saying this because he's saying this or is it like should i be alarmed yeah and the fact right. that he's going through the trauma too you yes. know that that's going to affect the way that he views anything yes cuz you know he's already i mean i couldn't imagine going to dinner at my ex ex's yeah. Whatever. Like, even under like even, no death yeah. circumstances. My children are fine. Yeah. Even still, I'd be like, Ugh. like this is weird. Like I, I might not be the most like uh, reliable Gracious. source, <laughs> or that too. Yeah, or whatever. So, um, but I loved the movie. I love how intense it is. Sometimes I'm like, <gasps> I found that I was like not breathing because I was just like watching. Like, oh my god, this is crazy. And uh, especially the dinner scenes, and then um, when when he triumphantly is like, oh, Choi, Choi, and then he feel so sheepish. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God. And then in that, like, you're doubting everything. Because yeah. it had ramped up so much to the point where you're like, this is definitely a cult. They all need to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And then that pulls the pin right out of that. Like, yeah. everything falls apart where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. It's totally fine. This was all in his head. Yes. And then I think the part that really moved me at the end was when uh, Eden was like, I miss him. 
Yeah. And she's like, you know, she's like, I'm sorry. I miss, I just, I miss him so much. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, you like, you forgive her for everything. You know, and then she's like, take me outside. And then even after they're like all bloody and then we'll shot and they're like, okay, okay. Yeah. And then they like all rally and like carry her out together. Mm-hmm. It was a moving moment in this yeah. like horrible situation. And yeah. it's like, it's not like maybe they forgave her a little. Yeah. You know, and, and you felt just so bad for her. And well, I feel like that's why that final image of the hills was so impactful because all of the focus was turned so much inward to like that very small like interaction between Will and Eden and then even just Kira and Tommy, like this small group of people having this very like intimate impactful moment of taking her outside and her dying and everything and then you it's like this release of the like the end of the of the danger of of the evening of you know we think of the movie mm-hmm. and then to be like oh and look over in the distance yes and then you look around and you see all the other red lanterns yeah. and you see what would probably be pain all over the valley yeah. as well yeah and you're like what have they gone yeah. through this isn't just you know. like these two particular crazy people decided to throw this dinner party and did this like bananas thing it's like mm-hmm. oh my god like it's everywhere it's everywhere and then other people have all this this pain and yeah enough trauma to, trauma to get them to a point where they right. would do that and you're like oh my gosh it's it was crazy so well i didn't fi- i didn't find it terrifying i found it incredibly suspenseful and very well written and I, I love this movie i think it's it's fantastic and if someone wants to watch a movie that's just so stressful we're like oh my gosh yeah. this is definitely it it's for a, sure it's a very, if it had a very hitchcock rear window feeling for me or um or manson murder feeling mm-hmm. for me uh so i thought it was great did you mm-hmm. think it was scary um i think that i might actually use the word scary to describe this like you, you say it's it's suspenseful it's thrilling it's captivating like it pulls you in and it really manipulates your emotions because Mm -hmm. you are like the characters are all so relatable right like you you each of them is performed really well to the point where you you get them you get where they're coming from and so um when you're looking at things from will's perspective you see something one way and then you get you know then it switches to eden and then you're looking at things from her perspective and then you get new information from another character and it just really takes you on this wild journey Mm -hmm. like that's what i love about the way that they used the dinner party setting because all of the time before they actually went to the table because that's how these parties are. You know, you've got like, what do they have? Eight, ten people there or something like that. It's yeah. like you're not all sitting in a circle talking all together the whole time. It's mm-hmm. like these two people are talking over here first. And then mm-hmm. there's a little group of three over here. And then there's two over here. And so it gives the film so many opportunities to have these different interactions of characters with different experiences or perspectives mm-hmm. to flesh out the story, but also to keep you twisting and turning. Yeah. With the new information and the new perspectives. Yes. And so if you engage with it, like you're just on like a, a roller coaster the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. I love that, too. I think it's it's great. And, I mean, as also um, David's flashbacks or not David, uh, Will's, Will's flashbacks yeah. as well. Where They're heartbreaking. Awful. And then you see like. Eden is she's trying to take her own life at that sink where she's trying to yes. like he's getting like, a glass of water or like he's in the backyard and he's thinking about his son or they're having like a, bar- a barbecue with friends and there are friends that are there at that dinner party yeah and her their son tragically dies and it's like a freak accident they don't go into like the details but um 
Yeah, it's like yeah, he was playing crazy. with another kid and there was some accident. Yeah. And Ty was killed. Yeah. Like they and they come so, so close to actually showing it. Like it's the way that they edited the scene of the flashback is like mm-hmm. him running up to the spot and there's people in the way and him like bursting through. But you and don't Will, actually and see looking it. And you're like, yeah. what is he seeing? But you don't get to see it. You don't and, get to see it. Uh, it's one of those things where your imagination may be worse than reality. Exactly. Too. Exactly. Uh, so I don't know. I I. I, it's hard to say like I love a movie that's so <laughs> awful but yeah. um it's very it's very good. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, it's, it's just it's smart. It. It's yeah. really intelligently made because so many like horror movies you know they try and play with your emotions just with like kind of visual stimuli, mm-hmm. you know? Not really a lot of thought or emotion and or, so to like tap into human experience and then yes, in particular that's, a, right. that's what I was gonna say a person's past as well right mm-hmm. and then like th- in this case like you know most people are lucky enough to have not experienced losing a child but as we said if you have a child you can imagine that that would be the worst thing possible right. um, and so just that that element but then even in addition to that, like, because you really see the genuine concern and compassion and love that the friends have for mm-hmm. each other. And right. that's something yeah. that you can relate to, too, as a person. Yeah. And so there's just all of the characters and the dynamics and the interactions are so genuine mm-hmm. um, that it, it's just it has so much more legitimacy than a lot of scary movies. Yes. It tried yeah. harder, I think. I th- And it completely felt flew under the radar. I think if anyone has the opportunity to watch, they should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it definitely had, like I said, a Hitchcock feel or uh, like even like Rosemary's Baby where you're like, something's wrong. Something is wrong. Yeah. And you don't Am know I what crazy? it is. Am, Am I, I paranoid? Is, yeah. there re- is there something wrong with this? Am yeah. I just being? Yeah. And there's no Satan in this. There's no. a weird cult thing, but it's it's very good. I do have like some different information I wanted to share, but Please. I don't know if you want. No, I um, want to hear about this. So, well, there's one thing that I want to say. It, it was my favorite quote, which I loved. Yeah. <laughs> Where he yells out, something dangerous is going on, and we're just ignoring it because David brought some good wine. Yes. And I was like, yes, I love that so much because um, I'm a wine connoisseur myself. I love wine. <laughs> um, but I would be there in that situation, and I thought about it. I was like, would I be there with my friends just drinking the wine mm-hmm. and being like, nope. you know, I'm here for my friends. Yeah. This is normal, or not normal, but like we're just trying to like be there for our yeah, friends. I don't feel unsafe. Right. Yeah. And then even still, like I also said how um they played that what I want or I want game mm-hmm. and it was talking about um the in- example of methods like groups for like cults to break down a person is to like get rid of that inhibition thing where yeah. someone is like has their guard up and already friends who are coming together especially people who are like lifelong friends right will have their guard down mm-hmm. and even further still um that kind of game would also like get rid of those inhibitions as well yeah and it said here inhibitions are their enemy boundaries are their enemy yeah for cults and um use methods 
used by groups like mm-hmm. that. Well, yeah, that's something mm-hmm. like um, just to interject real quick when I was putting down like kind of questions to ask about this like cult concept. The first one I wrote down is who do you trust? Because yeah. they've they've given us a setting that should be people that you trust more than maybe anyone else in the world. But Your there's just long friends. Exactly. And you've got these couple of elements of these these two new people that you don't know. But it's OK because there's like two kind of new weird people. But the rest of us are all like we're safe. Like this is our sure. group. Well, imagine also like where your lifelong friend brings someone new and you feel like maybe they're okay because they've been vetted by your friend. Right. Yeah. But 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 and so how (laughs) you you inherently trust trust people. But then how do you know? Like, because then with Eden, like, she know, she went through this trauma. She changed in some way and introduced into their group these unsafe people in this Mm -hmm. unsafe setting. But how do you know? Yeah. Well, you also see her. Eden is like smiling, like, I'm so glad you're here. She's yeah. a very ethereal, like, ah. <sighs> and then suddenly there's cracks, though, like mm-hmm. when she slaps her friend yeah. for being like, that sounds like bullshit or whatever. And she's like, she slaps him in the face and she's like, no one even cares what you think. Yeah. And you're and, like, oh, and you're okay. like, oh my gosh. And she's like, I'm sorry, I've already forgotten. Yeah. You know? Well, and that comes Forgive too from the place like the the love <sighs> that they all all have for each other because yeah. just like their understanding of Will's overreaction to stuff because of his grief, mm-hmm. they're totally there to be like, yeah, Eden's acting like batshit crazy but she's been through something horrible and this is how she's coping and Mm -hmm. we love her so we're not going to judge her we're not going to dismiss her and we're not going to walk out on the dinner she made (laughs) yes exactly um there's also um there's a weird flashing of my lights i don't know what's happening i'm glad it's not just me (laughs) no it's not having a seizure (laughs) okay oh so there's the claire's fate who um Mm -hmm. is in the dvd commentary we talked about before we recorded but it was Claire who was like, she's a professor. Mm-hmm. Like she talked about how she's she got like tenure. To, yeah, and, yeah. Like tenure. You know, she's a very knowledgeable, intelligent woman. Um, and who stands up and says, yes. "I'm uncomfortable. I'm getting the fuck out I'm of here. leaving." So she leaves, <laughs> and you see Will watching. Um, I keep wanting to say John Carroll Lynch, but Pruitt, yeah. right? And he's like, "I parked behind you," and he's like, "Watching, watching," and we're watching as a viewer from Will's perspective. That she's like, he's moving his car and she seems to leave and and then Pruitt's like, yeah, oh, she hold gets on, wait, hold on. And then, and then Will, um, David's like, comes up to Will mm-hmm. and like, you're being really like strange about our hospitality. You've been like super on edge and what the fuck's going on? And, um, but Claire had, um passed away or well because yeah she pulls she backs out of the driveway and starts driving down the street and her car pulls just past this giant hedge so you still see like the rear end like just the trunk of her car Mm -hmm. when Pruitt calls to her and stops and then he runs out of view so the majority of the car and him are out of view Mm -hmm. when David distracts Will yeah so there's this quote I got from bloody disgusting which I love reading (laughs) on the website because they talk a lot of they kind of think deeply about a lot of these horror movies that we like so much but it said, I always liked the ambiguity of Claire's fate and saw her decision to leave as a cautionary tale of sorts. Too often we adhere to social mores at the expense of our better judgment and even our personal safety. Even when our mind cries out that a situation may not be safe, we stick it out and hope for the best rather than rocking the boat. A.K.A. fuck politeness. Yes. It's an odd human trait. Claire's firm stance to leave the party when it's getting too weird for her gave me hope that she'd beaten those the odds 
in yeah. some in, in in this case. But alas, my hopes were dashed when the director uh, revealed in her commentary that Claire was indeed attacked off screen by Pruitt, and a scene of her in the bushes dying for her wounds was cut from mm. the film. I, I think that was a um, good for, choice, for though. To, yeah, to yeah. cut it because um, leaving that ambiguous was right, really good. It was in the film, and it happened. You saw it, and it, and then the murders like started. So it was much better. Where it's just like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You don't, you still don't know. And then murder, yeah. it, then yeah. chaos ensues. So yeah, because I, I, I think really that that, that moment when Choi shows up really like deflates all of the suspicion and the fear and everything so well but if you had already seen Claire dead mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened right and then it wouldn't be so ambiguous yeah and, and you wouldn't be questioning and then when Will freaks out about the wine like don't drink that don't drink that you're not like yeah don't drink that you're yeah, like it's oh. definitely poisoned because like, Claire's dead yeah <laughs> right and then but you don't know that in this, this cut so yeah. I really I liked that they yeah didn't that was a really that, smart so. choice um and then I also said in my final thoughts on the film, I, and I haven't mentioned the cult thing quite yet more about Southern California and cults, but because mm-hmm. there's an article I got from, I forget what it was, what, where I got it from, but it, uh, Google, I got it from Google, <laughs> but I said, how long can you be polite um, if I was being served really nice wine? I might probably stay. I might not say anything for a long yeah. time either. Especially well, with, like, my very, very good friends. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I think. For me, even though I do love wine, more than the wine, it would be the fact that how much longer would you uh, tolerate discomfort or uneasiness mm-hmm. when you are surrounded by people that you know so well and you've known for so long? Yeah. If it was a bunch of strangers you were meeting for the first time, like, A, you have very little invested in those relationships, yeah. and B, you're going to be a little bit more, like you were saying, your defenses, your inhibitions are more in play with new people. Yes. Yeah. That too. But I have um, a very short thing that I found for about cults in Southern California and I've only just recently in the past handful of years been going there with uh, Victor because his aunt lives in the like in Hollywood Hill in that area Uh and um, I I kind of like know not that I know that place per se but I kind of now have a better feel for what it's like driving through those hills where the the houses it's very narrow that's like windy you you have to like move to one side while the other car goes down yeah Um, it's it's beautiful and you can see out the valley, you know, you can see um, all these gorgeous homes all around you. And you can it's see the very, smog in the distance. Yeah, all this beautiful smog. <laughs> and it's very affluent and there's a lot of money. And um, so now that I have more of a feel for I've I've been going there since I saw the movie in the first place. And then I watched it again. And I was like, oh, you know, like the then I felt more. It felt more familiar to me. Yeah. Like you could bit. place yourself in it a little bit more. I think so. Yeah. 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 Which is always going to make a movie more impactful. Yes. It's like a movie when it's in the suburbs and you're like, ugh. You know, if you live in the, <laughs> sub- <laughs> you live in the suburbs, you're like, oh my gosh. Ew, suburbs. It could happen to anyone. Holy, sh- holy shit. But the, the, this article said um, there's indeed in a connection between Southern California. Because everyone thinks, oh, California, there's everyone's crazy. And that's why there's so many there's cults. There's so many cults. And you're like, well, okay, maybe. because they eat too really. many avocados. Yeah. So it so said there's indeed a connection between Southern California and cults. But the public has it backwards. Southern Californians don't necessarily want the, what the cults offer. But they're specifically and aggressively tar- targeted for recruitment because the cults badly want what Southern California has to offer. And that's money and affluent people and 
celebrities. Mm-hmm. And it said here, if you want to steal even more money, as megalomaniacs do, you'll need stronger stronger recruitment tactics and enter celebrities. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting because they were talking about, in this article, about the gold rush in Hollywood and all of that stuff and how these groups like Nexium and all these other um, other cu- kinds of cults target target that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It kind of flips it on its head, like the assumption that we make about why uh, these famous, like you know, and Manson would be the the pr- one that probably almost everyone would know about. Like I think a lot of people know about Nexium, and mm-hmm. then there's like you know, however many other ones that wouldn't be common knowledge. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I think Manson kind of set that tone in our the country's minds about LA and like oh you know this happened out there because people are crazy and they're people hippies are search- or searching they're, for answers people yeah. are searching for answers yeah but then to like flip it around and be like no people that start cults do it for a particular reason and targeting people particularly in southern california allows them to achieve their aims more effectively mm-hmm. you know because they could start a cult in kansas but you know it's not going to be as lucrative or far-reaching mm-hmm. as if they get like one famous person to join yeah which nexium certainly did absolutely and they got people who were like seagram's heirs yeah and all, it was insane but i thought that was interesting because um yeah, I don't know. I've I, definitely I never looked at it that way. So yeah. that's that's cool that you found that right. tidbit yeah. of information. I thought it was it was fun. It's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, the you know the thing that I uh, sought to look up was not nearly as um, stimulating, but uh, it kind of occurred to me to consider what other scary movies we might have seen or talked about or enjoyed that involve this uh, aspect of cults. Um, And, you know, for me, like, again, with Manson, that's the first one that comes to mind. And I'm a huge fan of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love Um, that movie. It's so So good. good. And then um, not so much a fan, but I did watch the, um, it was called The Haunting of Sharon Tate that Hilary Duff made. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to say it's good, but um, if it's a story that's interesting to you, then seeing it told from different perspectives has some value Mm -hmm. to like show just focused on her experience. Like you don't see anything about Manson or his kids or, you know, the people like until they're actually committing the crime. You're just seeing like a day in the life of Sharon Tate that ended the way it did. Yeah. yeah. Um, So it was kind of interesting in that way. But um, nothing else really came to mind. And so then I like, you know, Googled it naturally, as one does. And um, a lot of movies came up on these lists that don't like, oh, I didn't think about the fact that there was a cult element in that. Um, But two of the ones they said Hereditary and Midsummer are both listed as um, movies that incorporate the concept of a cult. And so then when you stop and think about it, you're like, Oh, yeah. So obviously, like Midsummer, it's this big ass, you know, cult out in the wherever they are, whatever country they're in. We and don't get to live past 70. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and then um, Hereditary with, uh, you know, the naked old folks at the, at the very end, the you know, like, OK, there's a cult element there. Yeah. Um, but some other ones that came up that we've mentioned, we mentioned Ritual before, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. I love, I think is a fantastic movie, but I don't think of it as a cult movie, but the community that they stumble on in the woods is in essence a cult yes they list rosemary's baby 
Yeah. As a cult, I mean, absolutely. It's a dem- it's a Satan worshiping cult. Um, get out in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the cult of people that are you know manipulating this uh, ability to take the consciousness of a white people. person They're into yeah, yeah um, a healthy African American person. Um, the uh, paranormal activity movies in in their entirety mm-hmm. are are cult based. Mm-hmm. Um, all the Children of the Corn movies. How's that Outlander? Outlander. Um, question I, I, just to, Malachi. I just have to yell that every time someone talks about <laughs> of the corn. Yeah. I'll have to remember that and just yeah. kind of trigger you sometimes. Yeah, it's a way to trigger me for yeah. sure. Um, and then uh, another one that I love, especially if you're talking about comparing originals with remakes, is Stepford Wives. Mm-hmm. I mean, the difference between the original and remake in that is is entertaining and startling. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that was uh, on some of the lists was The Wicker Man, which... I've never seen the original. I think it's from the 70s. Yeah. Um, But I've seen the Nicolas Cage remake. (laughs) But that's, you know, that's got a cult influence. Um, And then also listed, which I haven't seen yet, but I definitely want to, is Don't Worry Darling. Oh, I have not seen that. The Olivia Wilde one that just came out that has had all of the news about it because of the supposed conflicts between Chris Pine and Harry Styles and... and, um, Florence Pugh and oh I've seen a little bit of it yeah there's been so much drama like not even about the movie but just about like their like rumors about their issues or stuff that has gone on or people being mad at people like so much drama yeah but even before any of that happened I remember seeing I might have just seen a trailer for it maybe back when I whatever the last scary movie was that I saw in the theater I don't know what it would have been um and I thought it looked really, really good. And then all this other crap started happening. Mm-hmm. So there's like the this cult element is um, present in a lot more scary movies than you would necessarily think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the things that uh, sets this the invitation apart and makes it more Manson-esque to me is because most of the, the ones that I a lot of the ones that I listed have like a religious vibe. Like, it's a religious cult. Yeah. As opposed to just a secular manipulation, self-help guru, like the LIA concept of of cults that we have. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, So I think that that's maybe why when I was trying to think of movies with cults in them, I was like, I can't think of any. But there's a lot. There's a lot, but I think it's, you know, it's those nuances of what's considered a cult and how they might function differently or the beliefs that they might have would vary. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's definitely always a great source to go to for a scary movie. Definitely. There's a ton. Like Mandy, there's like a weird cult thing. Um, yeah, that was on a bunch so of the many. lists, and I remember that we watched it, but I didn't remember anything about it. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. I just remember it being insane. It's insane. I love that movie so much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean... Gotta love a cult. I, I always watch a movie about a cult, or a documentary. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wild Country, I'm there for it. I'll watch it. <laughs> Nexium, I'll watch any kind of documentary. Yeah, yeah. The Vow, I'll watch that. I, I love The care. Vow. I'll watch all of it. I just... You wonder, as a person... What would I do? What would you do? Yeah. Uh, so far, anyone who's trying to recruit me to any mid-level marketing, I'm like, nah. <laughs> nah, I'm fine. I'm good. So I'm like, well, No Rodan and Fields for me, thanks. Fine with me. <laughs> I think I wonder, I'm like, oh, maybe I am. Like, I have a little, like, a uh, cynicism where I'm like, nope. Yeah. Um, at least I'd hope. 
right? Especially if it's yeah, a terrible we would cult. all we would all like to think that we'd be the Claire in the situation. Yeah, to be like, hey, and she doesn't even say this is bullshit or you guys are crazy. She just says, I'm uncomfortable with I'm, this, and I want to go, and I'm gonna go. Yeah, that's who we should all strive to be. Yes, someone who like stand up for yeah. themselves. If you're actually my friend, you're gonna be fine with me leaving. Right. Yeah, and we'll have a we'll have a brunch. Yeah. We'll have that some mimosas have next weekend, <laughs> and um, no it'll be wine. great. We'll go. We'll go on with our lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I love this movie. I think anyone should watch it. And yeah, I keep saying that. I keep saying it because I mean it yeah. a lot. So, and don't just watch it once. Watch it more than watch once. Because, like I said, like after. Well, now that you've listened to this episode, you know everything that happens. But it There's really does you don't stand up. Yeah, yeah, it stands up to to watching more than once. Um, seeing elements you missed the first time, or seeing things in a new light. Yeah. Once you have watched the whole thing already, Definitely. it's a really, really great movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that great conversation. I always will talk about cults with you. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. It's a date. Anytime. <laughs> Our next movie, and it's been recommended to me so many times, is Barbarian. Barbarian. It's a new one. That one. It's brand spanking new. It's going to come out to streaming, and I'm so excited. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll talk about it. And um, we hope you join hopefully, us. Hopefully, it's not garbage. <laughs> and if it is, we'll, if we'll de- tell you so. If it's, yeah, if we're dedicating a podcast episode, do it. But I, I have a feeling it's going to be great. So we'll, we'll talk about it. And lots of spoilers. Okay. So watch it. Yeah, watch it. That's that's on you. <laughs> if you want to listen. Okay, bye. Bye.